This is no ordinary pod. No ordinary pod. Yeah, we're gonna take this double time again. This is no ordinary pod. Times two. No ordinary pod. That was a curveball. And six. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Six forty-two in the morning and still sound as graceful as ever. No, that is Noah Hemer, and I am Michael Duggar. We are your hosts of the No Ordinary Pod on the No Ordinary Pod and Radio St. Pete Network. Um, yeah, we tried to get this done last night. Noah did the biggest mistake ever when you're recording three hours later by sending me a Snapchat of a monk's panhandle. And you eat a monk's panhandle unless you have the stomach of three people like I do. I'm not doubting your stomach, but I saw that. I'm like, you know what? I'm mad at you for sending me that, teasing me with that beautiful panhandle fried egg on it. Oh, for sure. Oh, for no me. other way to do it. Absolutely. Um, I'm like, this guy is not making it to 1130 midnight. There is <laughs> a 0% chance. So we get on the podcast. You know, we're Skyping. That's what we do. It. We're Skyping. And you see, the first thing I see is a Noah Hemer yawn. I'm like, all right, you know what? We could postpone this a little bit. I'm tired. You're tired. We're all tired. Let's go in the morning. And then I was like, you know, it was 6.30. I was laying in bed. I'm like, man, it may not happen today. It's like you're waiting for that late night text, you know, for that. <laughs> and then I get the text. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, you up is what I text yeah. you. <laughs> no, you didn't even spell out Y O U. You just gave me the U. I'm like, at least put at least put some respect in my name, Noah. Um, but it's six forty in the morning, Friday morning, and you went double time, so you must be feeling good, Noah. How you doing in general, though? Um, doing pretty well. Uh, the grind has been real with school work and uh, trying to do everything with the pods, but it's been a good time. Nothing like the grind, so we're living it right now, bro. We're living it. As always, though, how's the weather? Um, right now, uh, not too bad. Like yesterday was pretty. Yesterday was pretty, uh, pretty nice out. It was nice and windy. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's so windy," and I was just thinking, "This is just an average day in Idaho." Mm-hmm. So like, this is really nothing I'm not used to. Um, but everyone else was freaking out. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think it hasn't been. It's supposed to be really hot this weekend with not a whole lot of rain. So. We'll see how it is. Summer sea starts uh, on Monday, so mm. uh, yeah, so it's about to be that time in Tallahassee. That weather, th- that weather, that letter after summer brings back a lot of memories. I did oh, a lot always. Of, did a lot of summer seas in Tallahassee. My first first semester was summer sea in Tallahassee. It was a great semester. Played a lot of FIFA. Ate a lot of bad food. Sounds like a typical freshman year, freshman summer, but... I echo the turn for the uh, drying hot that you got in Tallahassee because yesterday was the first day we didn't get any rain. We got a monsoon Wednesday night at the golf course. And yesterday, nice, cleared up, got to play a little play a little golf. Now today, same thing, potting, work, golf. And then it's just, just a lot of good summer vibes coming my way and your way and stuff like that. So, yes, the grind is real. That's why we're up at 640 in the morning to give you guys content and to keep us going. Because, like we said two weeks ago, the Fern would have just said, you know what, we'll get to it later. The Northern Pod team aims to please, aims to get this out as early as possible. <laughs> so, a lot of stuff happened in terms of the NBA. This is on the the morning after the NBA draft. Um, and But before we get to the NBA draft, the biggest trade in... I'm trying to think in terms of actual trades. It's been a long time since a trade of this magnitude happened, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans finally putting an end to the Anthony Davis saga, sending him to Los Angeles to team up with LeBron, and he also got a spot in Space Jam 2. So shout-out to Anthony Davis at Clutch Sports for pulling that one off. But before... I'll let you ask the questions that I want you. I, I think you're gonna ask. It's just, isn't it just funny how player empowerment works? For 
five months, all we've heard is AD wants to go to the, wants to leave New Orleans and go to the Lakers. And then five months later, he leaves New Orleans, goes to the Lakers. Jimmy Butler last year, I want to leave the Timberwolves. Where does he go? Philadelphia. Makes the playoffs a game of four bouncer away over time away from beating the Raptors, and who knows what happens after that. Um, Eric Bledsoe wills his way out of the Phoenix Suns, goes to the Bucks, best team in the NBA regular season, conference finals berth, disappeared for a little bit in the finals, but that's another story for another day. It's just the player empowerment that is the NBA, and NFL is starting to get a little bit with get a little bit of this with Antonio Brown saying, you know, I want to go, I want to leave Pittsburgh, goes goes to the Raiders, and now we're blessed with Hard Knocks in Oakland. That is high volume TV. Um, but yeah, player empowerment's taking over sports in general. It's crazy to see, and Anthony Davis is no different. And now the Lakers have two. I mean, I'm not I'm not in the business of ranking players. I think you rank players around the team and stuff like that. But you have LeBron and AD. That's a pretty good place to start, Noah. Yeah, I'd say those are probably two of the top 10-ish players in the NBA. Uh, but I guess the biggest thing for me, when I, when I look at this trade, I try to relate it in terms of how has how is this different for LeBron than it has been in the rest of his career. You know, he didn't really have a whole lot of help uh, his initial stint in Cleveland. And then he goes to Miami and he has Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And that experiment obviously worked out well. They got two NBA championships. But I don't think Bosh was was ever the type of player that Anthony Davis is. And I look at this and then, you know, his other stint in Cleveland after that, he didn't really ke- I then you got Kevin Love and I don't think Kevin Love is the player that Chris Bosh is and I don't think he's the player that Anthony Davis is. So when I look at this in terms of LeBron's career um on a timeline basis and what LeBron's had in the past and what he's moving towards it doesn't seem like LeBron's ever had a teammate like Anthony Davis. Mm. Maybe in terms of caliber with Kyrie in terms of caliber with Dwayne Wade but I don't think in terms of skill set and uh, what Anthony Davis brings to the table and what he brings to a basketball team, I don't think it doesn't seem as if LeBron's ever had this. So my question to you is, what? How is how is this duo different than the big three that was in Miami and the I wouldn't really call it a big three <laughs> second stint in Cleveland, but how is it different between the big three in Miami and then like? the poor man's big three that was or big three Miami. And then the poor man's big three that was in Cleveland in his second stint. The main thing with that is that there's no three, there's no third and that's a yet. And before we get into the team building aspects, how you want to build a team around LeBron and AD. Anthony Davis is, Undoubtedly more talented than I don't say undoubtedly, but this is a guy that teams are tanking left and right for to make, to get number one when he got drafted. Before you know, you can say Zion all you want, but this guy is six ten, seven foot wingspan, can handle, has actually really good handles, can pass, can shoot from three, can do everything and defensively he averages 2.4 blocks for his career LeBron's never had a rim protector a guy a perfect player for LeBron is someone who can shoot rim run play guard every position and protect the rim and carry the load when LeBron needs some time off that's Anthony Davis he's never had someone like this he's never had a guy Average 51% from the field, 32% from three, which is the past two years, though, he shot 34% and 33% from three over over two. Um, he's at 2.2 and 2.6 temps, respectively. Excuse me. He shoots around, he's 79% to 80% free throw shooter. 10.5 rebounds for his career. 2, point, two assists. He had four assists last year. 3.9. 
1.4 steals, 2.4 blocks for his career. Doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't foul. He averages, the past three years, he's averaged 28, 28.1, 25.9 points per game. And last year, he was disinterested for the last half of the season. And only played 56 games. It is... LeBron was okay with this this agency leaking all this information because he realized Anthony Davis is... Before this fiasco happened, people last year people thought Anthony Davis was the best player in the NBA. You go back and, re- and reverberate all the takes that people had after the Pelicans swept the Blazers. Everyone was saying, this is the top three player. And you, then you compare him with LeBron, who... Is getting LeBron has had one back to the basket big. I'm not going to count Zodrenis Agalfkis. He has his number retired. Good for him. Bosch didn't. They didn't use him like that. They didn't throw the ball to him in the paint. LeBron wasn't a great shooter at that point. Then you look at Kevin Love. They didn't use Kevin Love on the block. LeBron's in the block. Well, LeBron's a, is improving as a shooter. So now you have Anthony Davis in the block. There's going to be mismatches. What do you do with an AD LeBron pick and roll? Do you switch it? Because LeBron's just going to step back. The other thing is, Anthony Davis can run the pick and roll against LeBron. This is, in my opinion, perfect for each other. Because it's nice to have three stars, four stars, and stuff like that. But all you need to do is stagger their minutes. Have LeBron. LeBron likes to play the full, most of the first quarter. Have AD play seven minutes. And then at the start of the second quarter, LeBron comes in, um, vice versa. AD plays the first five minutes, and then LeBron comes in for seven. AD rests for three and then comes in for the final four. Second half, same thing. There's so many things. This is – I'm not a, I, I already t- turned in my Lakers card. I've already done that. So I'm, I'm cool with it. But this move – makes them title contenders and that's why they are the odds on title favorites as we speak is there another player in the in this stage of lebron's career where it's not that like he's hit his athletic peak so what's going to be carrying him is not going to be his pure athleticism anymore it's going to be his athleticism that he's always going that he's going to have because he's lebron james but plus his basketball IQ, plus his leadership, plus his experience. That's what's going to be carrying him through the rest of his duration of, the, of his career. Is there any other player other than Anthony Davis that you would would have liked to see him play with? Because at least in my mind, this may be his last best teammate that he has for his career. Are we talking potentially realistically obtainable or well, pipe dream? Both. I would like to hear both. Okay. We'll start with the pipe dream. The pipe dream would have been Kevin Durant. Um, Is that even fair? Is that allowed? That was you asked for the pipe dream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that would have been awesome. I know as I've seasoned with age to a ripe, tw- ripe, ripe age of 26 years old, and I used to hate the KD move. You, you've labeled it soft. I hated it at the time. Um, I would have a platform to talk about it, though, so thank God I didn't. Um, but it's just cool to see the best players playing all the time on the same court. Like, you turn on the Warriors, and it's literally like they're going through the motions for, for 24 minutes. They're down 20 points. And then they, wait, and they go to halftime. They look around. They're like, ready to play basketball? And they play basketball for like eight minutes, literally eight minutes, and they go on like a 49 of four run. And it's like, oh man, what the Warriors do tonight? Clay gets 30 in that quarter. It's just awesome to see all those guys together. But realistically, there's two guys. Three, uh, the Bradley Beal falls into the pipe dream because they depleted all their assets. I would have loved to see Bradley Beal. Love to see Bradley Beal with LeBron. And then the two, people love Kemba. I love Kemba. I mean, I I turn on Charles Hornets games just to watch Kemba and some Miles Bridges and some Dwayne Bacon. Shout out Florida State basketball. But I just, I don't know. I don't want to see Kemba there. I want to see a defensive point guard there, although Kemba's a killer. 
who else is there? Realist, honestly, Clay Thompson. Oh, man, I was if you weren't gonna say it, I was going to. If he didn't tear his ACL and he didn't get a max deal from the Warriors, I mean, and he saw this Anthony Davis trade get pulled off, and he's looking around, and he sees KD towards Achilles, and then he looks south to Los Angeles where his dad works, where his dad was a champion, where he grew up, where he lives, and he sees LeBron AD with a, with the max spot available. Not a max spot, but for light, slight less than the max. I mean, who are you taking? Are you t- are you rolling with Steph Curry and Draymond Green or LeBron and AD to win a title? Well, I've always thought that uh, Clay Thompson is the would be the best teammate LeBron could ever have because I feel like he's exactly what LeBron needs. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel and I think that LeBron loves like him and Ray watching LeBron and Ray Allen together was so much fun because LeBron would drive and then he could kick to Ray Allen in the corner and Ray Allen's essentially automatic from the corner. Clay Thompson is essentially the new school Ray Allen. Just better two-way defense. That's how I see it at least. I I just got so, I just you know sometimes there's little basketball things that just make you smile and I and I just had a mental image of LeBron driving and kicking to Ray Allen. And it wasn't even the drive and kick. It was just how perfect Ray Allen's jump shot was. And I played in my head. I'm just like, man, I missed that guy. And then you look at, yeah, you hit her on the head. Clay Thompson, even more perfect jump shot form. So the only thing with Clay is he's not the best shot creator, but you play but you saw him play in the playoffs with Jonas Jurebko, this um Boogie Cousins, not the not the Boogie Cousins. He's Demarcus. He's not Boogie. He's Demarcus. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinn Cook, Sean Livingston, and that's the four that was around him. And the Warriors did not lose those minutes in the finals, especially. I kept track of all of them. They were even game one. They were plus one in game four. Like these game, in game six. Like all of these things happen because of Clay. He has an orthodox way of making his shots, but he just runs around screens. And just, just post and fadeaways, all that stuff. The other thing is, like you said about defense, LeBron can chill then. But then I saw someone made a good point. You know how I talked about it too a little bit. You know how LeBron did not play, like you saw the clips. I don't know if you saw the clips, but there's clips of him just not trying on defense at all. Yeah. And I saw someone say, I think it was Hardwood Paroxysm, Matt Moore from the Action Network, one of the best followers on Twitter. Great at inciting fan bases. Um, he said that LeBron is not best in a freelancing role on defense, like a Draymond. He is best on ball because he's not being challenged, but he's just like that's where you have you have to put effort on ball. So Clay would take the best perimeter player. LeBron takes the second best. And by the way, you have Anthony Davis roaming the paint. Which is, which is crazy. I mean, that team wins a title. These two may win a title. Seriously. In the before we get into the roster breakdown in the West, perfect transition. Utah Jazz make their move. I'm literally wearing a Utah Jazz shirt as we speak. It's my favorite. We talked team. about the, We talked about this potential move last week on the pod as well mm-hmm. before it happened. Yeah, Conley. There's a lot of rumors, in even the regular season, that they were going to do this trade. Let um, let Slick Rick Rubio go. Trade Jay Crowder. And I think, and again, the first round, a couple picks. And get Mike Conley Jr., my, one of my favorite point guards. And now that team has a, a core. I, call it the, I always call people the core four. The core four of Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert. In the West, that's pretty strong. So in the West, who's? I mean, I think we actually talked about this last week that if the a, if AD goes to Lakers, who in the West is going to beat them in a playoff series? Portland, love Portland to death. LeBron has struggles in Portland, but they have nightmares what Andy Davis did to them in the playoffs. Um, Denver, Denver's getting a lot, a lot of love right now. 
do I think they're ready to handle LeBron and AD in a playoff series? What is AD going to do to Jokic? Jokic is going to be ice clear out ISO like we're at Sally Courts every single time down the floor, and they have no and they have no one to guard LeBron at this juncture. New, um, Utah now has some pieces, but I mean, what are we going to do when Andy Davis pulls Rudy Gobert away from the hoop, opening up drive lanes for LeBron? All of these things. And then uh, I'm leaving Golden State. I'm not ready to talk about Golden State yet. I need to see what they do with free agency and some stuff like that. If they bring back Clay, if they bring back KD, there's some interesting stuff going on with KD. Um, and who I'm trying to spitball th- some teams out in the West. I'm, I'm trying to think of them. Phoenix, that's funny. Um, Your Kings. The Kings, yes. Curious to see what you have to think of the Kings in contention with the uh, with the West. You should Google. You should go on Twitter and see what King, uh, Kings Twitter collectively did about um, them drafting uh, this guy named I think Jerome James out of Wyoming, who is not. They drafted him in like the high thirties, second round pick. He was not even in a single mock draft. Like one, not a single mock draft. He wasn't in ESPN's top 100. And I know it's different. Like, you know, the group think is group think is an enigma and a plague that is all over the NFL and NBA mock drafts and stuff like that. But that was a, that was a weird thing. But they now have cap space with Harrison Barnes opting out, and you have. You're a, a shot-creating wing away. Actually, they already have a shot-creating wing in Bod- and, um, Bogdanovich. How they use cap space will be interesting. I don't think they're ready to contend yet, but I think they'll be a playoff team. But And they'll be a fun playoff team. But, I mean, I've I've said often my love for um, Darren Fox, Buddy Heald, Harry Giles, Marvin Bagley, Bogdanovich, good bench core with Frank Mason. Um, but yeah, I just don't think they're ready yet. I need to look at some more NBA. I need to look at the Western Conference real quick. I can't believe I actually have to look at the teams. Rockets. Rockets, I mean, are, have you seen all the Rockets stuff going on? Yeah, I watched the video of Chris Paul and James Harden getting into it on the sideline. And one of the more noticeable takes, I saw someone in the comments talk about it but i noticed it right before trevor ariza was sitting right next to james harden in that video and he just like rolled his eyes and was just like his face just read can we just play some basketball bro can mm-hmm. we get over this hoopla bs stuff that y'all got going on can we just play some basketball so that was two years ago that video i think so yeah dude have you heard the uh someone doing the voiceovers for them I've not heard that. Someone's like, when so when James, so Chris is like, how are we gonna beat the Warriors? That's what James is saying, and then Chris is like, play some defense, and James goes, nah, <laughs> and they just keep going back and forth. And Chris is like, we gotta play defense, man, and then uh, James goes, all right, I'll play defense, but I'm just gonna flop. <laughs> 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 it's such a good video, but that's, until that. that until, <laughs> Until I see what their finished product is with that roster, because they want to, Clint Capella is available. Someone's going to take on the Chris Paul contract. We'll see, and what return do they get? And it's tough to ignore James Harden's postseason, not failures, but postseason shortcomings. And he's lost to the Warriors five of six, like I think four or five years or five or six years, but still. Getting over that hump. LeBron and Kawhi are the only two to get over the Warriors hump yet, which is why they're in a class above James Harden as we speak. Um, you know what's interesting? A weird team that's just sitting there that no one's talking about? Oklahoma City. Mm. You know, they have pretty not embarrassing, but pretty they're embarrassing. Pretty embarrassing first round exits. But they've been really quiet this offseason, and now they're trying to trade Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, clear up a lot of cap space. If they can get a third guy, 
Nah, I'm just kidding. It's a, they have Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Who am I kidding? Um, That's what I was about to say. Like, who could you see going and playing with them, with those two, that would work? Because as great as Russell Westbrook is, he he might be one of the most athletic. He might be the most athletic dude in the NBA. Pre knee pre surgeries, though, man, he's getting up there, and that contract's not terrible. I mean, I appreciate them going the lifetime contract route, but I love Russ. I, he's I, lo- I but he's his own him. worst enemy. I know, and the thing is, I love him, and I never, tr- and I try not to bash him. I don't, I don't try to bash any of these players, but and I, because I love him. Um, but yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. But the I, you know, a player that was there for them when they picked that when they traded back from twenty one to twenty three that I would be perfect for them, Kevin Gelly. Mm-hmm. Floor spacing big, rim protecting big. Doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. He's in a position where he doesn't literally does not have to pass. And not like he'd pass if he had the ball anyway. But his job's gonna be pick and pick and pop, pick and roll, and just fly around on defense. That would have been a very good pick in my eyes. But it is what it is with them. So I'm looking at this and the draft has happened. It's 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 not it's not the smartest idea to do this exercise the morning after the draft before the craziness of free agency and trades even come in. But I okay, we're gonna go through the West, lock down playoff teams. Warriors. I also think they're lock. You gotta trust Draymond and Steph. A motivated Steph and Draymond. Although Steph gets injured like he usually does in the regular season, that could be the death blow. Yeah, this team goes south real quick. Okay, but we have to respect the champion. Like you said, nice call in the, in saying that it goes six and they win game five two weeks ago, by the way. Thank you. Heart of the champion. Never doubt it, unless you're Notre Dame. Denver, <laughs> lock. Portland, lock. Houston, lock. Utah, lock. OKC, lock. Spurs. You're that's th- seven. If you count them, that's seven. Okay. And then the Clippers, if they get Kawhi, that's eight. But we haven't even mentioned the Lakers. We haven't even mentioned the Kings potentially sneaking in. And then we'll save the Pelicans for a second because I thought they were knocking it out of the park with their draft and their offseason moves and then they drafted Jackson Hayes out of Texas but I want to get to this real quick so ideally building a team around it's crazy that even in a, a supposed down year with no clear favorite we just we pretty much agreed that all eight teams would still be in the playoffs, which would exclude the Lakers, the Kings, the T Wolves, and stuff like that, and the Mavericks, who have Porzingis waiting in the wings, with Luca and loads of cap space, who are interested in Kemba Walker. So, the West is just is is still as deep as ever, but not maybe not top heavy. But Lakers guys, Lakers, try to get Danny Green for five million, six million. People. People bring chase. They want to go where there's a, a sure thing to win a title. People are going to want to make $2 million at the mid to end of their career living in Los Angeles. Have you been to Los Angeles? Yeah, I was there August of 2014, I think. It's pretty nice weather, you would say. Yeah, it was really nice. We stayed downtown by the Staples Center. Shout out to uh, Todd and Kelly Cornelison for hooking that up. Um, <laughs> shout out Kobe, the, yeah, white, shout the out, white Mamba. Yeah, yeah, shout out White Mamba and his and his parentals. Um, but yeah, I was there. I like LA, but Ocean's not as great as it is on in Florida beaches, and um, way too much traffic. And dude. It's so expensive. The tax mm. the tax rate on on food alone is just too much for me. But anyways, well you weren't pro- were you paying the bill on for my food? Yeah, cuz oh, they yeah, yeah, they yeah. they hooked it up on literally everything else. So, it's the least I could do. 
Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, Pacific Ocean versus Atlantic Ocean. That's a very good. De- that's a. We need to we need to save that for future debates because Florida beaches are really nice, but I feel like the Pacific Ocean the the tides and the craziness of like seeing seals everywhere. I feel like that's more relaxing. So best of both and, and it's Pacific Ocean's a lot colder. Best of both worlds. Both it have depends sh- on it just depends on what you're going for. Um, there, um there's it's pros and cons in it all, but this is a great this this would be a great yeah, I agree. I don't like something to dive into later. I don't go into the water when I go to the beach. And I'm very pale. I'm pretty tan now I'm on the golf course. But I'm not someone who I'm not someone who needs like I'm not someone who's like, hey, son, inv- give me skin cancer. I'm not inviting the skin cancer to my body. It's already probably already there in a couple moles. So my ideal beach is just I've been in Florida for a year and back for fourteen, fifteen fifteen months, you should say. I've been to the beach once and it was at night. And if I want to go to the beach, I'm gonna go at night. So I like you. Said, it's just personal preference. You're a, you're a lifeguard, so, and you hemers have that Colombian blood. So I don't know how you guys just you guys are just the sun becomes you. You don't be, get destroyed by the sun. Um, but yeah, wrong time for that debate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no ordinary love just came on, so feeling good in my head. At right at the midway point too. So Lakers sign Danny Green. Don't sign JJ Redick. Just sign people who are going to shoot threes and defend. You need you don't need, you need a one point guard. Resign Rondo for all I care. Make him the bench guy. Resign Alex Caruso, please, please resign Alex Caruso. Can shoot, can pass, can def- plays with effort, high energy stuff like that. They got Taylor Horton Tucker from Iowa State in the draft in the second round, and he's six four, the seven one wingspan. Mm. Yeah. Not the best offensive efficiency, but a guy who he's like he's a longer PJ Tucker who can handle the ball a little bit. So interested to see how they felt this roster. But yeah, there's guys out there and like I said, people are gonna want to live in LA, make two to three million dollars and ride the coattails of LeBron and A D to a title. Per and perhaps get a Space GM two cameo which is most important to build your profile as an actor. And you get to hang out. I mean, for all the, all the, everyone likes to say LeBron's, you know, corny. Have you seen, I mean, I don't, not on Instagram, but every time I, every time I was on Instagram, LeBron looked like a fun guy to hang out with when he was on, on posting stories. But. I mean, I would love to hang out with LeBron. Yeah, in AD. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's go to practice. Oh, that's just going to hang out with LeBron. Awesome. Hey, LeBron, what are you doing afterwards? Oh, Space Jam 2 stuff. All right. Can I get in on that? Sweet. Want to go get some lunch, bro? Oh, dope, man. I'll get this. You got it? Cool. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I own this restaurant. <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, yeah, I'll take that too then. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I, made, I made sound investments in this five years ago. I mean, the guy owns Blase Pizza. Is it Blaze? I like calling it it's, Blase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling it Blase. People are always like, hey, you want to go to Blaze? I'll be, oh, Blase? Yeah, I'd be down. <laughs> is, wait, is there a Blase in Tallahassee? Oh, yeah, there's a Blase. Bro, soda sobered up to the max. God. Blase is so good. Blase is good. And you know what's funny is that it's essentially a make-it-yourself pizza, right? Yeah. I'm rewatching Seinfeld, and Kramer had the idea for a self-making pizza thing in like 1991. And I'm like, I'm like, hold up, I feel like I know this thing. The thing that Kramer did, you need to watch Seinfeld. Is that Kramer? He's like, you make the dough yourself, and then that's like, so you want to make the pizza dough yourself? And then he's like, that kind of defeats the purpose of going to a restaurant. But it's crazy to think about that. Um, but yeah, cheap guys to be had. Don't clear the space for the third max because then your roster is depleted. You have two guys. You need three stars when you have Wade and Bosh or Love and, K- and Kyrie. You don't need three stars. You have LeBron and AD. So let's go to the other side of this equation. The Pelicans. Zion. You get Zion. Brandon Ingram. Lonzo Ball. 
Josh Hart, three of my favorites in the Lakers. I was all for the Lakers building a young core. You get this for you get a bunch of of un, you get unprotected picks later on. You get top eight protected picks in the next couple seasons. Pretty much depleted the Lakers assets to go get a player like Bradley Bill, like I suggested. And this is your core. You have a core right now of those three players I just mentioned, plus Josh Hart as a role player. And it's pretty exciting times to be a Pelicans fan. It is, you lose Anthony Davis, but then, I mean, I saw a crowd last night with Marty Smith there. Marty Smith is ESPN's top person. He is a genuine dude and was screaming at the, he was crowd surfing at a New Orleans Pelicans like draft party. And I'm like, oh, Marty must have had a couple, you know. He called it Mar- <laughs> yeah. he, call- he called it Marty Gras. I'm like, that is clever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that is funny. Um but, but yeah, I like the Pelicans moving forward. I didn't like their drafting of Jackson Hayes, if I'm being honest. He's he's just a rim running big. He was this you you'd like him though. You'd like you like these little athletic tidbits. His father played twelve years in the NFL. And he was an NFL player. Like he was a wide receiver. And then he grew eleven and he, but he grew a, a total of eleven inches in high school to get to six ten. Seven four wingspan. And then he stopped playing football and didn't start on and didn't start playing basketball until like his sophomore or junior year. But this guy's wide receiver athleticism with coordination and stuff like that at six ten. And you don't like this pick because of this of the fit of him with the team or because of him as a player? Because when you throw that out there, I get really excited. I want Zion playing center. Okay. Zion grew. He's not 6'6". Six, six. He's like 6'8 now. He's going to keep growing, bro. He's what, 19 years old? Yeah, just turned 19. Yeah, he's got like two, maybe three more years of growing. You have Zion at center, Lonzo and Ingram. You still have Drew Holiday right now. The problem is they have no shooting. And they were shooters, I wouldn't say phenomenal shooters to be had, but, you know, a Cam Reddish. Uh, you could have kept trading back and probably gotten Jackson Hayes at this time. But they didn't. And I feel like a team that, I've been loving for the past six, seven months. The Atlanta Hawks trades up with the Pelicans to get DeAndre Hunter, and then Cam Reddish falls, falls to them at 10. Those are te- That's a team that's recognizing the modern NBA, which you have the Pelicans. They, they've done a great job with assets, asset accumulation and stuff like that. Like they can flip Lonzo and stuff like that, but they they're intend to keep Lonzo and Ingram and Josh Hart for the time being as we, we should say for everything, that where you need shooting. You, this team's going to be all over national TV. They're going to be amazing in transition. Pretty much going to be breathtaking in transition, amazing on defense. But you got to shoot. You have to shoot a little bit. And you have a bunch of career low thirty percent three point shooters early in their career, you should say, I should say, but still, exciting times. I'm confused about the roster construction right now, but we'll see moving forward. So, what are your thoughts about the? Are you? What are your thoughts on Lonzo and Ingram? I love the. I love that duo. I'm glad that they get to stay together and keep playing. Um. My favorite part about, I mean, the only reason I was ever good at sports growing up, like, everyone literally has always told me, oh, yeah, he's great at this, but he's just too short. Yeah, he's great at this, but he's just too short. Like, the amount of times I've heard that in my life is ridiculous. Um, but the only reason I was ever good at football, the only reason I could only I could play, as small as I was, I got to play both sides. and middle linebacker and quarterback. Why? Because middle linebacker ran the defense and quarterback ran the offense. And it's because it's not about how good you are. It's about how good are you knowing where to be. And that's what I love about Lonzo is his basketball IQ is exponentially higher than it should be at such a young age. He knows where to go with the ball. He knows how to set up an offense. He knows how to 
maneuver his teammates to maximize what they can do. Yes, he's not a great three-point shooter, but he can drive, he can pass, he can play defense. Brandon Ingram has all the potential in the world to be a really good player, but it just hasn't really, like, he flashes it, but it hasn't really come all together. And maybe not, I, I think of a lot of it, like, I try to think of the human element a lot when it comes to sports because people just fail to recognize that some of these people are, that they're people. You know, they got lives going on. And living in L.A. at that young age is a lot. And being in the limelight of the Lakers, being a first-round pick for the Lakers is a lot. So maybe being in New Orleans where the, yes, where the light won't be on him, it's, it's, all, it's going to be all on Zion. Mm-hmm. I think it might help, you know, lower expectations of what he needs to be doing on the floor, which might make him more comfortable, which might make him play better. So I'm excited to see what they can do. But again, I look at their roster, like you said, and who's shooting the ball? You know, yeah. what, what, what are they going to do when balls got to go into the hoop? Because you got a bunch of guys that can play in the post. You got a bunch of guys that can drive. But who are you kicking it out to? Like we said, LeBron loves to, would, it would be awesome to watch him kick it out to Clay Thompson. But they don't have that threat of a three-point shooter on the perimeter right now. Mm-hmm. The, the blood clots hopefully can get completely healed for Brandt Ingram, but those, that has to linger. But, I mean, his last 13 games he played this year, before he did not play because of blood clots and other and other ailments, 13 games, 37 minutes per game, shot 55% from the field, 38.5% from three. Um, got the free throw line 6.5 times, which is going to be where he makes his bread and butter is getting to the free throw line. Five, 5.8 rebounds, 3.1 assists, and 23.3 points per game. You know what's funny? All of that... And he had a negative 3.9 plus minus. Hmm, really? Mm-hmm. For the whole year, he averaged 18.3 points, 5.1 rebounds, 3.0 assists. So he's improving. Um, But you just see that. He has deep ven- ven- um, venous thrombosis. Those are three words that don't sound good together. So. Oh, he has DVT? Yeah. Mm. It got taken That's care tough. of. He's apparently, it got taken care of. But... It's definitely going to come back. It's definitely going to be something lingering and stuff like that. But, yeah, I love Lonzo. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I have to change gears. I have a question. Something that I feel like we haven't addressed yet, uh, but something that needs to be addressed, um, especially with them being the reigning world champions of the NBA. Kawhi. Would he rather... Where do you think he'd rather play, East or West, and why? Okay. He's or from, he's from where Calif- should he play? He's from California. I see him. He's out. Okay, he goes to the Clippers. That team is vaulted into the title conversation very, very quickly. But then you got to deal with LeBron and AD before you get to the finals. And you have to deal with Denver. And yes, he just went through seven games against Philly and six against Milwaukee, but Philly could lose Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. And then it's not so, then it's not so terrible. And J.J. Redick. And they're going to have cap space tied up to... They already have Embiid, his contract kicking in, and then they have to do a max for Ben Simmons at the end of the season. Milwaukee could lose... They could lose Chris Middleton. They're going to lose Brick Lopez, most likely. That team's not going to be as good. Although Giannis will be just as good. Um... And obviously, and as you and as you'd expect, the is Giannis leaving in two years? Articles are already being written up. They were written the day after the art, like literally the night they lost Toronto, which is just like man, the media is cruel. Um, so that's that. Boston, uh, I mean, is Kawhi is Kawhi really afraid of Romeo Langford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown? 
and whoever else on that team. Marcus Smart, because Al Horford's probably gone. Like, the East had Indiana, honestly. Indiana kind of doesn't scare me, but Indiana is like, that's a tough team. That's a very good team. Although they're losing Bogdan, um, Bojan. So all of these teams out East went for it last year, per se, in the LeBron era, in the post-LeBron era. And Kawhi came up top. All the contracts line up for him to stay in Toronto for sign like the one the one and one where you get the one year guaranteed and a two year deal first year guaranteed second year's a player option where the player can opt out. You do that, Mark Gasol opts in. You still get Marky Mark. Kyle Lowry's last final year of the deal. Maybe you get Danny Green to sign another one year deal. You have the best front office, best um, president of basketball operations, Masai Ujiri in Toronto, who has shown a lot of stuff to do. They've already given they've already given you the freedom to rest and load and just relax for the regular season is be like, hey, it's time. So looking at all of that, and he's beloved in Toronto. He got standing ovation last night at a Toronto Blue Jays game. He was at a like did you see this? Did you see his him making fun of his own laugh at the championship parade? Yeah, I did. He's just—you <laughs> can just see him becoming in, like coming into his own, and that happened in Toronto. I feel like going to the Clippers is a down. At least the next year is a step down, because I don't think the Clippers. I don't think the Clippers. They're gonna do the. They're gonna be progressive in resting him and getting players around him and stuff like that, but. It just I just personally think it's one more year in Toronto. Siakam keeps getting better. You got Van Fleet. Van Fleet's contract was only two years last summer, so this is his final year of the contract. After this, they can tear it down and build around Siakam. But but running it back would be so cool, in my opinion. And I would love to see him back in the Toronto Toronto wearing number two. And there's there's the this is the weird thing. Even if he leaves there's not a one person in Toronto who's going to be mad. And if they are, I don't want to hear another thing about Canadians being nice again, even though that's already bogus in my opinion. I, uh, do you think we could see him do something like Kevin Durant did with the Warriors in terms of signing like a one-year or like a two-year deal with a second year being a player option? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, what I was, that's what I was suggesting he should do because – all the contracts are lining up, and then you can see the landscape of the NBA. He's only 27. He goes to the Clippers when he's 28. LeBron's 36, 37, and then eight. And then the Lakers are cap strung because they have to sign AD to a max. And all of these things are in place, and the free agency class isn't as good. So you can be the power move in 2020, 2019. Jimmy Butler, Kyrie. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Warriors with Clay. There's a lot of good free agents this summer. Just stay pat in Toronto. You just won a title. And as I mentioned, the East is not going to get stronger. It's just not. There's no way that the teams are going to improve that much where you're still not going to look at the rosters and be like, oh, do they have Kawhi? Do they have Siakam? Nope. All right. I'm going with that team. I am really curious to see what's going to happen with Kawhi and how this NBA free agency is going to play out. Um, but I don't, I don't. If he stays, if he stays, I assume we're pretty much just going to have Bucks Raptors Part Two because I don't know what other team is going to compete with those two mm-hmm. in the East, other than the Pacers with a healthy Aladipo. And this, if seventy if the seventy sixers resign Jimmy Butler, maybe Gene Butler's like, hey, I'll do a one year deal as well. Maybe I'll run it back, and maybe I'll get all the money next summer. But I mean, let me look at the Eastern Conference real quick, just top to bottom. Yeah, because top, if he doesn't stay in the East and he goes west to the Clippers, I don't see a single team even getting close to taking down the Bucks. I th- I really like Indiana, and if Brooklyn can get Kyrie and Jimmy Butler, I mean I'm smiling thinking about Kyrie and Jimmy Butler and in, in, in the Bronx. 
And honestly, I, a team that is gonna that would benefit the most from this that is gonna cause people problems is Detroit. Because they're gonna they've already making smart moves. They got Sakoy Dum I hope I the um Diumbo, Diumbana, this French dude who you should look at his highlights because he is he is like six his potential is what Pascal Siakam can dream to get to. Like he's mm. al- he's already eighteen years old and doing transition spin moves and dunking on people. He's blocking shots, crazy athleticism. They got him. He's gonna get eased in. But you unleash him, Blake Griffin, as a four or five in the playoffs, that's a mismatch. It depends who they fill out the roster around them. I'm not saying Detroit's gonna, you know, win the win the East, but they could put some scare on people, and I really like Indiana, but yeah. Barring Butler and seeing what Philly does with the rest of the roster, barring that happening, we can we can pencil Milwaukee in. The thing is, I think I think Kawhi stays. And unless he's doing like this is like a farewell tour, like I'm going to the Blue Jays games, I'm doing all these nice things for the city. But the guy, this is the most emotion we've seen him have. Have you there's a video. I don't want to put this out there, but like it's on. There's a him and Serge Ibaka. We're in a, we're in a uh, like an Uber or Back something. Of a car. Yeah. And did you see everyone saying like like Kawhi was rolling something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was it's, having a good time. It's legal up there. It's legal in Cali too, but it's legal in Canada. So, I have a I have another question for you. I have a I wouldn't necessarily call it a theory, but I'm a big believer in karma. Mm-hmm. Um. Because how you treat what how you treat people is eventually going to come around back to you, and the Boston Celtic experiment did not pan out like they wanted to. Do you? This is this is what I've been thinking. Do you think they got what they got because of how dirty they did Isaiah Thomas? After all he gave to that city, after all he put into that playoff run, and then they just trade him away, try to get they get Kyrie, and then. That whole experiment just did not did not work out. I am going to build on that and say, do you see they traded? They traded. Do you follow the draft at all last night? I love it's the day after the draft and we have literally not talked a single thing about the draft. I love the NBA. <laughs> um, I mean, the draft is cool enough, but we knew we knew the first four picks by the time that happened. There was no big surprises besides Cam Johnson going to eleven. Just I'm going to go to the draft in thirty second summary. All right, the Hawks. The Hawks won. The Cavs won with getting Garland, um, Wilner, and Kevin Porter Jr. They got two, three shooters and a bench score. And it's kind of, Cleveland's must see must see league pass now. Um, yeah, that's about it. Sorry. Uh, and they traded Aaron Baines to Phoenix last night. And when they made Aaron Baines, Aaron Baines wanted to be in Boston. And they said, hey, we're going to make you available to clear, to clear cap space. They said, hey, we're going to trade you to a contending team. And they traded them to the worst organization in basketball. They traded the sixth pick for Dario Saric and the 11th pick. And used that, and Dario Saric... I mean, Sarge has a very, very strong fan base from his time in Philly. It's like to say he hasn't taken off as people would like. So what do you do with that 11th pick? With loads of talent on the board. So I'm going on a Phoenix side, side rant. You draft Cam Johnson, the oldest player in the draft, best shooter in the draft, but oldest player in the draft who has hip, prob- hip problems. This is an old man joke either. He has hip problems in both hips. Good for Cam. He doesn't deserve the slander at all. But Phoenix drafted a lesser version of Dario Sarch after they traded for Dario Sarch. Although they did make up for it in the, end of, in the end of the draft by drafting Ty Jerome, who I love Ty Jerome from Virginia. Um, but back to Boston, yes. This is karma for everything. This is karma for... Everyone's saying they're the they're gonna rule rule for the next decade. People said J- Jason Tatum was the next Kobe Bryant, and I thought that was laughable with how he's. I just never never been a fan of his game. And then you have 
you get in severe contract negotiations with Marcus Smart. But I love Marcus Smart. So he got his, he, he's making a dozen million a year, 12 million a year. He's fine. You lose Isaiah Thomas after he literally pretty much ruined his career out of a big payday to play in a playoff game after his sister died. You know what's funny? What if Kyrie was sent as a double agent to ruin it from the inside? Because, I mean, you never know. Kyrie's volatile. Um, And it's just... It's so funny because the Boston media is so... Con- not controlling, but they control... Danny Ainge has a lot of friends in the media. And everyone loves Boston. Like last year, Chris Mannix, a very respected respected national writer for NBA Boxing, happens to work for NBC, NBC Sports Boston. Shocking, I know. Puts out a poll. Would you rather have Brad Stevens or any player in the NBA to start a franchise with? Who would you rather have, Noah? Any player in the NBA to start a <laughs> to start a franchise with? Yeah, and he's like, this is a serious question. And then we saw what Brad Stevens does when he when he has when it's an actual tough conference and personalities to manage. He didn't do so well. To put it to put it lightly, I mean, dude, think about it. Opening night after the the first game after they trade Isaiah Thomas on the floor, whereas you traded Isaiah Thomas. Gordon Hayward suffers that brutal injury. Karma happens. And the best, and this is the thing, this is not, this is the reason not for tanking. This is a great lesson for asset accumulation. What did all of those assets do get you? Nothing. Exactly. So the tanking thing is interesting, but unless you have the proper person to execute the moves within those assets to acquire the talent it's for it's for not it's for nothing and now they're left with romeo Langford, jason tatum jalen brown marcus smart time lord robert williams and yeah i'll we i'll let you call it karma not that i don't believe in karma because i feel like you and i are both really really good people and I feel like that's why us taking our time and not do, and doing this the right way is why it's going to take off, why it's going to be sustainable and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fish, a lot of fishy things that happened in the in the Boston, Boston Hava that has come back to bite them fully because they're not a, they're not a contender in any sense of the word. Yeah, it just seems like they have, like you said, a lot of talent accumulation, but not anything to show for it and I just am not a big believer in that you can the people that have sacri- that sacrifice and do a lot for you aka Isaiah Thomas and you treat them poorly I it's it's only a matter of time till it comes back around and the Boston Celtics this year were a complete disappointment through and through um, I'm curious to see where Kyrie's going to end up going that's another player that has a lot of uh, is going to swing the pendulum of, of mm-hmm. the balance in the NBA because there's no denying Kyrie and what he can do on a basketball court, but he's just such an enigma sometimes in a locker room. It's hard to handle what he needs to do. And I think, like you said, when you brought up the Jimmy Butler, Kyrie being together, two guys, Jimmy Butler obviously has caused his own gripe and has stood up and stood up for what he believes in in his locker rooms that he's been a part of. Mm. And I wonder if bringing, I wouldn't necessarily call them negatives or bad, but bringing two people like that might empower them because they might be like, all right, instead of just me against the world, it can be me and you against everyone else, (laughs) you know? And then they can try to take it down together. But like Kyrie and LeBron were not, it didn't seem like they were ever like, buddy buddy because it didn't seem like Kyrie really f- enjoyed the the way LeBron went about things but I think Jimmy Butler and Kyrie could be the best friends type thing that they've always mm. been looking for because Jimmy Butler's always kind of been solo too in my opinion 
Mm-hmm. Like even when he was with Derrick Rose back in the day, it was Derrick Rose and Jimmy Butler, but it yeah. was not, they were not a cohesive unit. The seeds, the seeds were playing on the 2016 Olympic team, man. That's, that has done a little bit. I, I, I was I'm trying to think. I mean, that got, that made Draymond and Boogie close friends. That made KD close with all them. Like that was, those Olympic trips with Banya together and Jimmy and Kate, Jimmy and Kyrie. Absolutely as well. I love Jimmy Butler. I think it's there. And they can have their own weird conversations and play spades all, all day. Cause Jimmy Butler is apparently the best spades player in the NBA, but we'll see. Kyrie may not even go to Brooklyn. He, D'Lo may not even, the thing is Brooklyn may end up, um, Brooklyn may not, is clearing a bunch of cap space and Kyrie may not go there because he may not be able to land KD and then D'Angelo Russell may feel slighted and just go to Phoenix anyway. They are clearing cap space too. Very interesting things. Free agency begins next, it's a Sunday. Oh, the Lord giveth in the, wait, are there 31 days or 30 days in in June? There are 30 days in June. Oh. Oh, it's on a Sunday. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. 6 p.m. June 30th. Free agency preview next year. Guys, we're so close to football. We're getting so close to football that I am actually reading football articles and getting my hot predictions ready to go. Little teaser. A rookie quarterback will lead a team to the playoffs. Which one? If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, Noah... Appreciate you waking up this early and, and, and copping on the Ordinary Pod with me, man. It was another great time on the Ordinary Pod. Doesn't matter what time we go. We always uh, we always have a great time. Yes, absolutely. And uh, everyone, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. We'll talk to you next week. And that is it for the No Ordinary Pod on the No Ordinary Pod and Radio St. Pete Network.